for many high performers will put in these crazy hours or this, this work ethic that launches our success, but ends up not being sustainable in the long run. And, and that's what I, that's what I ran into for sure. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. There's a well-worn narrative we hear all the time that says there is a relentless, indefatigable leader. It's as if they are superhuman, never tiring, always pushing, forever forging ahead. And they've built an empire, shaped the world, and yet they are on the edge of a precipice, staring into the abyss they can't see. Their eyes have lost focus, decisions have become a maze, and exhaustion is their constant shadow. The world sees their triumphs, but within them brews a storm. To our driven entrepreneurs, High achievers juggling the weight of their dreams and their realities. You know who you are. This, my friends, is you. Every task feels like a mountain. Every day, another battle. Your body sends out distress signals, but you keep sailing into the storm. Because it's not just about you anymore. It's about those who depend on you, your team, your family, your legacy. You were caught in the gnarly web of burnout a silent predator lurking in the high echelons of success. It's an emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress, the grim sidekick of passion turned obsession. But why do leaders like you, at the helm of a thriving business, keep pushing past these glaring red signals, even when the engine of your own well-being is sputtering and stalling? In this heightened sense of responsibility, the unshakable fear of failure, or the specter of financial obligations. Perhaps it's perfectionism whispering in your ear that good enough is never enough, or the dread of being replaced or becoming obsolete in the world you've built. Or maybe it's simply the dearth of having a support system that understands the journey you're on. But there's hope. In the next several minutes, we're going to navigate this storm together. We're going to address the elephant in the boardroom and the phantom in the home office. We're going to understand the insidious creep of burnout, how to recognize it, face it, and more importantly, how to extinguish it. So stay with us as we chart this crucial journey. This is more than a podcast. It's an intervention, a conversation, a beacon in the storm. Welcome to the hard truth about burnout. Yeah. And if you are experiencing any of this, if you're experiencing a lack of focus, 
a struggle to make decisions or constantly exhausted, feeling little motivation, irritable and frustrated, easily, easily overwhelmed or your body breaking down, feeling empty and numb, even when you're getting with the winds, hang on, because this is going to help us take those next steps of how to identify burnout and Angus, really how to walk it out, how to prevent our lives from crashing in. And you and I have both had different similar experiences with burnout. We've seen many a colleague uh, rise through the ranks of success and only to find their marriages blowing up, their businesses crashing, uh, or their health getting really jeopardized in the middle of this. So this is a, this is a serious thing we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to invite you all real quick into some of our stories, I want to start first by giving you some statistics to know that if you're listening and we are describing you, you are not alone. In a recent Deloitte study for over 2,100 employees and C-level executives, they found that nearly 70% of the C-suite are seriously considering quitting for a job that better supports their well-being. And 81% of C-suite say improving their well-being is the most important thing to them in advancing their career. So if that's you, if you fall into that, you're not alone. Yeah, more important, Angus. So 81%, right? They say improving their well-being is more important than advancing their career. Like these are, we're talking about high motivated, high performing dudes saying I would rather have yep. well-being in the long term yep. than actually advancing in career. And uh, yep. Angus, you know my story, but um, for me, I've been working 20 years in an industry, really successful in it, at rising among the ranks. And, and finally, it's in the education nonprofit world and founded an online college. It was thriving. It was booming. But then I hit this weird season that I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I was working crazy hours, tr- you know, trying to launch this thing and it was taken off and, you know, you're just mm. along for the ride. Yeah. And I told my wife, this is a season that ended up being like a perpetual season. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you think, I thought it was going to be a month or two and it just ended up extending into four five, six months. And my reserves started getting uh, really dangerously low. Uh, I, I felt overwhelmed even when little challenges came up at work, I would react. I'd feel this overwhelming feeling was like in my gut. Uh, I would be short with my wife. I'd snap at my kids at times. I, mm-hmm. I, I really went into that fight or flight, right? So I'd either fight and found myself, I'm a really even tempered dude, but I found myself snapping at different yeah. times or withdrawing and mm-hmm. just uh, times. And then I, I think the, the straw that really broke the camel's back for me was my body just started breaking down. I, th- there was a moment in December, we were coming up on Christmas and I finally you know, we had a little bit of time off and I just couldn't get out of bed. Mm. And I was freaking out, Angus. I was in this spot where what the hell is happening to my body? And I remember, I remember finally thinking like, oh, this is where people, when they talk about mental health, like this is what they meant. You know, I've always been prided myself as like this eternal optimist, but all of a sudden, even the most optimistic of us, right? I was experiencing this thing that I didn't know how to shake. And here's the thing, I, I would pride myself as being mentally tough, but I started suddenly feeling vulnerable yeah. and weak, and I actually loathed myself for it. I had so much negative self-talk, mm. like, come on, you're better than this. You know, like, what are you, what are you doing? And for many, of, for many high performers, we'll find ourselves in this that we'll 
put in these crazy hours or this, this, this work ethic that launches our success, but ends up not being sustainable in the long run. And, and that's what I, that's what I ran into for sure. Ugh, dude. So, so common for people to experience this. Uh, my first business, you know, for those of you that don't know my story, um, I went in through, uh, my own burnout season. And for me, it was like putting in, um, long hours because we had made some financial mistakes in a music festival we had done with this nonprofit also. Uh, it was a youth center that was fronted as a coffee house and we did concerts and music festivals. And we had this big music festival. We had thunder showers come in the day of and lost $72,000 that weekend. And for our small organization, that was a lot of money. And um, I remember the feeling, the sinking feeling, knowing I was going to have to do everything I could to turn the ship around. And I didn't know how to delegate. I didn't know how to get my board support or help. I just thought, I'm going to prove to everybody I can do this. So I threw it on my shoulders and I just worked harder, 70, 80, 90 hour work weeks. Meanwhile, my wife was despising me and she's like, just get a real job. And I'm like, I'm going to prove it to her too. And in short order, I started to crumble. And uh, underneath the pain and the, the, the pursuits, I started with addiction of what was porn. And then out of that was the guilt and shame. And then I started drinking. And in a little while later, then I started sleeping around and I blew up my marriage. I blew up the business. I blew up my sense of self and had to start all over again. And that's really my heartbeat to this conversation is we want to stop any guys from heading that direction, even if you're at the very beginning stages, because yeah. it's that critical that high performing men have to understand that you're like a high performance vehicle and you have to be treated in certain ways and you have to be coddled and uh, uh, loved in some certain ways that like a McLaren, like a Lamborghini, like whatever, you can't just put in any 10W30 oil into the engine. You can't just put in an 87 grade gasoline. No, you need an optimized induction into your world. You need to be sur surrounded by the right environment. And if you're not getting that, then you can be susceptible to experiencing some of these things. So Tim, what are some of the the reasons why when a guy is experiencing some of this stuff, why they stay at it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the question you hear with some of these guys is like, why, why don't you just like stop? You know, why don't you, why don't you stop make it. some adjustments? But, but there's some very real, and this is what I experienced. You experienced this too. There's a, some real things that keep us in the grind and mm. keep us going and thinking, oh, if I just push a little bit more you know, maybe I'll get there. The first one is a sense of responsibility. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm a very, you know, my season and my thing was very mission driven. So it was the mission, the mission comes first, the mission, even to the detriment of myself, mm. to the detriment of my family. Um, you know, there's a responsibility toward, you know, your business, your employees, your stakeholders, you know, and so you end up prioritizing all of those obligations over your own well-being. Mm. Well, the well-being of a leader, you know, as the leader goes, so goes the ship. And, yeah. and so that's where it, it's, it's actually counterintuitive, actually better for the organization to take care of your well-being. But that sense of responsibility gets us, you know, fear of failure. That's mm. a big one, right? Where I can't fail. If I, if I take off the, my foot off the gas, I'm going to, you know, 
fail. What if Perfectionism. It falls apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Perfectionism is another one. So it's like, well, I can't do this half-ass. So if I if I pull back, what's that saying? There's financial obligations, right? So mm-hmm. taking care of my family, taking care of my team, my employees, uh, fear of being replaced, a competitor coming in, or some, you know, the board swapping you out because you can't cut it. And the last one is a big one, and that is a limited support system where, and Angus, you and I have had, we've met lots of guys in this boat where as men, we try to tough it out. We don't want to show weakness mm-hmm. and we're afraid if we share what we're going through and some of our struggles with other people that they'll weaponize it, especially colleagues, right? That they'll weaponize it against us to, you know, knock us down a peg, or we just don't want to burden them, yeah. right? With, uh, I don't want to burden you with my problems. So what do we do? We stuff it and it starts brewing and that stress level just starts becoming unbearable. You know, I had a stint, uh, the end of last year where I was on calls with three different C-suite individuals and all three of them shared stories with me about anxiety attacks. And I was like, man, we should get you on the show. I would love to hear your story. It would be so uh, great to be able to see uh, other people hear your story and know that they're not alone. All three of them turned me down. I was like, one said, Angus, I'll share this with you. We can talk over beers anytime, any day, but I'm never going to share this with anybody else. Another guy said, I'm not sharing this till I retire. And I'm like, you guys realize this is part of the problem. It's like nobody wants to talk about this stuff. But one uh, C-suite, actually a CEO that has been very open about it is uh, Drew Houston from Dropbox. He's the CEO and co-founder over there. And he's openly discussed his experience with burnout on various interviews. And he acknowledged that the toll and the high pressure and all the the stakes that are involved and how they wore down on his well-being. He shared about the early days at Dropbox where he was working all those long hours and sacrificing his sleep and his personal time and just keeping up with the demands of building and scaling the company. And in that lack of balance, in that neglecting of self-care, feeling the weight of responsibilities on his shoulders. If you're listening, brother, this might feel familiar to you. And he had an interview on CNBC where he reflected on the impact of that burnout in his life and work and realized that his intense focus on work was not sustainable in the wrong way. That's the key right there, that what you're doing isn't sustainable. And it took a toll on his health and his relationships. So he finally made some big decisions, made some work-life integration type moves where he set serious boundaries and prioritized his self-care above everything else. And that's something that we even heard uh, from some other people that we've interviewed. I can remember um, from LinkedIn, Steve Cadigan talking about how, you know, in the, the massive uh, acceleration of the explosion of LinkedIn and how that affect his marriage. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we have to think long-term that what we're doing right now is going to affect those around us. It's almost like what got you here won't get you there. Oh, for sure. Right. So we put in the hours, we put in the work, we grind, we, 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 we get that level, you know, we get that company off the ground, it's moving, it's thriving, but then there has to be a, a pullback. There has to be something in order, a shift to make it sustainable in order for the company to have that longevity and for obviously our relationships and our, our marriages to do the same. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
Uh, we've, we made a list. We've got seven things that you can do in the face of burnout. So, brother, if you are listening and we've been describing to you, what we're about to tell you may not be rocket science. It's not going to be like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. This is your reminder. This is us calling you out. It's like, bro, when? When are you going to make this move and make these changes? Tim, number one. Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-day accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Yes, number one is prioritize self-care. Got to be non-negotiable, bro. Mm -hmm. Whatever is in your life that gives you life, that gives you rejuvenation, whether that's sleep, exercise, even hobbies, I know for me, Angus, in the middle of my journey, one of the biggest saviors of it was uh, exercise. I had a home gym and it was just a non-negotiable. At the end of the day, I would hit those weights and it was like hitting the pressure release valve of a, you know, of a boiler. It was just yeah. all the pressure and I just got to take it out on the weights. you know. And so whatever gives you life, man, it has to be a non-negotiable thing. Meditation, whether that's, uh, you know, if, if, if you're spiritual, you know, connection to different uh, scripture or something like that mm -hmm. to be able to have these ways of having that self-care and prioritizing yourself and your well-being because it's not only going to help you through this time, but it's going to make you a better leader. Yeah. It's going to allow you to be more present in your business, in your focus. Uh, Angus, what, what's number two? Setting boundaries. Bow, 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 bow. Boundaries. I have had this conversation with multiple people this week and establishing clear boundaries between work and personal life. I believe it was the uh, one of the co-founders of Netflix that said every Tuesday at five o'clock, it was date night with his wife. Come hell or high water, every Tuesday night, no meetings took place. Nothing ever happened on Tuesday nights after 5 p.m. He had a hard boundary to protect his marriage. That's admirable. And that's the kind of stuff that sometimes you got to get hardcore to set boundaries around relationships or around other areas of your life to avoid all of that overworking, that overworking, making time. One of my clients, he makes time to coach his son's uh, little league baseball team. Those boundaries, those times are protected. Number three, Tim. Number three is delegate and collaborate. Now, especially if your business, you provide the secret sauce. Uh, one of the hardest things we've seen with our clients, Angus, is letting go of some of the things that made that company great, right? Letting go of that, what you thought only I can do and realize, no, I can delegate, I can train, I can coach several uh, you know, other people. Uh, what was Dan Martell's quote? 80%, if they can do it, 80% as good as you, it's 100% awesome. Yeah. Why? Because it frees you up for yeah. big picture, 
free from overwhelm and you can get more done in more time. But being able to offload, what are the identifying, what are the things in the company that only you can do? Mm. And then try to spend 80% of your time just doing that. And sure. what else, all the rest, how can you offload? Angus, anything else you want to say to that? Delegating and collaborating? No, I think uh, you handled it well. The one thing I would say in delegating is anything that is taking up your time, ask yourself, is this a $1,000 an hour thing I should be working on? Because if not, I can unload it to somebody else. And maybe it's not $1,000, but I'm just throwing that out there to say, your time is precious. And if you're a leader, like what are those $1,000 activities that only you can do. Focus on those things. Number two is, is it your zone of genius? It gives you energy. It makes mm. you feel light. Like if it doesn't, then find somebody else who that particular skill is in their, their sweet spot. They love that kind of thing. So number four yeah. is practice time management. So kind of related is you're protecting your time by not doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, but also protecting your time and like, how can you batch things? Like if you do meetings, maybe just batch at a certain time of the day or all of them on one day so that you can stay in sequence of the things that you do. Uh, developing that healthy work balance, maybe you know, you're protecting time for that exercise, time for that, those other pieces uh, in all of uh, how you're creating realistic goals and setting timeframes that are appropriate, right? That's good management of you, good management of the company. Number five, Tim. Yeah. Yes. Cultivate a support network. This one's huge because as guys, we like to shoulder it. We want to do it on our own. We're going to figure it out. Even if we are crashing and burning, mm -hmm. we'll take it to our grave. Like yeah. I'm not sharing this, but having a strong support of colleagues, of friends, mentors, people you can get real with. And I think that's yeah. the hardest thing. Like a lot of times we'll be protective of our ego. We don't want to share. We want other people to think we're, everything is great. And yet it's in the sharing that somebody else goes, I, 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 that's exactly what I'm going through too. Or I went through that three years ago. Here's how I walked through it. Um, I know for me, I, I went and got a therapist and it was amazing right? because mm -hmm. my wife couldn't handle all of the stuff I needed to process. My, my boss couldn't handle all the things that I was processing as I was trying to lead. Our board couldn't process all of the things that I was trying to walk through and having just somebody who I can process with mm. was huge. And not only that, having colleagues and other people around you to be able to have that guidance is huge. Yeah. It just gives you perspective in a challenging time when someone else has been through something similar. You're like, okay, I can do this. I'm just going to move it through. Yeah. Uh, Angus, number six, I know you have started and it's <laughs> started to make a big impact. Uh, yeah. What is number six? Mindfulness. Uh, stress management techniques, all of these types of things are super important. And you kind of alluded to this before around meditation and breath work, uh, stress management that takes you, uh, tapping is one of the things that I've gotten into as well. If you're not familiar with tapping, what's the initials for tapping? There's like some emotional freedom technique, emotional EFT, freedom yeah. technique, EFT, EFT. tapping. So if you're not familiar with it, go look it up. Uh, there's some tapping solutions on YouTube. Tapping Solutions has been an amazing app that I use nearly every day. But all of that helps put you into a state of like open up your mind and taking off all the pressure because sometimes we get so focused on the pressure that we get really myopic and it's kind of like putting blinders on a horse. We can only see a certain amount. And until you can go through mindfulness 
through meditation, through tapping, through deep breathing, any of these type of things are going to help you so you can see a bigger picture. It might include yoga. You know, it might include, um, I don't know, Tai Chi. Like find the things that are going to help you loosen your mind and put yourself in a more holistic state. And finally, number seven, Tim. Number seven is regularly assess and align with your values. Mm. So many times we start a thing, a business, a, you know, a role, whatever, with a goal in mind. I want to give my family a better life. I want to give them more opportunities. And yet we end up drifting where in order to sustain this thing we got, we, we're actually not providing uh, a life. We're not present for our family. Like we're losing our marriage. Like our kids don't even know us. And we're like, but I'm doing this for you, you know? And so being able to take in Angus, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. But being able to just take a moment, whether that's in journaling, I love to do that, especially around the first of the year. It's kind of a way of, of taking in a year and what do I want to do in the future? But really being able to, what am I, are, am I really doing my goals? Mm-hmm. It is with my values and where I want to go. Am I really building the kind of life that I want to live? And if it is, then great. If not, I don't want to just do something that somebody else is telling me to chase. Yeah. What do I want for my life? And then how can I reassess and realign? Angus, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I have uh, a client uh, that I worked with once who was running a company. He had, been, he had started it and uh, he and his girlfriend, now his wife, uh, had been running it for five years. And it was suddenly in a place where it was getting into box stores and this product that he was putting out. And, and it was a really exciting time. And yet he was miserable. Because his values had changed and the things that he was focused on when he started, now he was not even doing anything close to. And working together, he actually walked away from his own company and went and did another company with his brother that was something straight up his passion and they exploded since he went into it. And it was a hard choice and decision for him because he had to align to the things he actually believed in. And of course he had all the monkeys in his head about what are people going to say and what are people are being let down and da, 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 da. And ultimately it was about his values. And the second thing about measuring your alignment and values, you know, one of the tools that we use inside of our coaching program is the slingshot year. And the slingshot year is this way of mapping out 12 months in advance. And every month I take my one-on-one clients to revisit the, the slingshot year. Like, where are we? Where are we at in this year? And they've got it all broken up into quarters and it helps them hold themselves accountable as well as program their subconscious of the kind of man, the kind of leader they want to become in order to take their companies where they want to go. So yeah. those are the seven things that are honestly, if you address these seven things, are going to help dramatically decrease your possibilities of going into burnout. So I want to take us in for a landing. We've been on quite a journey today, haven't we? We've held up a mirror to the face of burnout, looking deep into its eyes, seeing it for what it truly is. You've heard the signs, the symptoms, the subtle whispers of burnout. Do you see them reflected in your own life? Are you standing on the precipice too? If you are, I want you to remember something important. It's okay. 
It's okay to acknowledge it, to give it a name. That's the first step after all. Identify it, call it out. And this acknowledgement doesn't mark the end of your journey, my friend. It's the start of a new one. A journey towards rediscovery, towards rekindling the joy of your wins, towards reclaiming your life from the clutches of exhaustion and the constant specter of never enough. A journey where every decision isn't a battle but an opportunity. Every task isn't a mountain but a stepping stone. So I urge you, take a moment. Reflect on what we've discussed today. Listen to your body. Listen to your mind. Listen to the silent whispers of your soul. Take a step back. (sighs) Breathe. And then reach out. Seek help if you need to. Because this journey of reclaiming your life, you do not have to embark on it alone. If you need support, if you need help, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. Feel free to reach out to us. And remember, you're more than your work, your business, your achievements. You're a human being, father, a husband, a friend, an individual. And you deserve to find balance, peace, fulfillment, not just in your work, but in your life. And as you step out into this journey, remember every step counts, no matter how small. Don't rush yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Change doesn't happen overnight, my friend. It takes time and patience and most importantly, kindness to yourself. And as we part ways for now, know this, you have the power to change your narrative, to reclaim your story from the jaws of burnout. And when you do, remember to look back and see how far you've come. This is your journey, and every journey begins with the first and single step. So step forward, my friend. The road to a balanced, fulfilled life awaits. Take the first step, and we're here cheering you on. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.